Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London, I'm Josh Noble. Today we're looking at a recent Supreme Court ruling in India that decriminalised homosexuality. Jotsna Singh discusses the reaction to the ruling and the campaign to allow gay marriage in India with the FT's South Asia Bureau Chief, Amy Kasman. Amy, tell us briefly about Article 377 under which homosexuality was treated as a criminal offence in India. Article 377 of the Indian Penal Code was a Victorian-era statute that was adopted in 1860 when the British were still ruling India and they had a very, very strong antagonism towards homosexuality and a long tradition of persecuting homosexuals back in Britain at the time. So they wrote this into the Indian Penal Code. The statute itself, when you look at it now with modern eyes, is quite vague. It is a ban on whosoever shall have carnal intercourse against the order of nature. And then it goes on to list the punishment, which is 10 years to life imprisonment. But in modern times, it has been well understood by gays and lesbians in India that this law is really the criminalization of homosexuality in this country. So, The first thing to understand is that the statute was not necessarily widely used to round up large numbers of homosexuals or prosecute them and lock them up and throw away the key. But it had become a major tool of harassment of the community and it left people who were part of the LGBT community living in fear. Rainbow colors were on full display all across India following the Supreme Court ruling that ended criminalization of gay sex. Take us through the long and hard-fought legal battle over the issue. The legal battle against this law goes back to the 1990s where basically public health activists who were working on the issue of trying to prevent the spread of HIV-AIDS said that this law and the fear that it caused among the community made it difficult for them to do outreach. So the struggle was initially carried by these HIV AIDS groups and they challenged the law and said that it was hindering their effort to reach out to gay men particularly who are seen as at high risk of contracting AIDS because people were living in fear, living in the shadows and weren't willing to congregate. There was one group that raised the case in the early 1990s. I think it sat in the courts for about seven, eight years and then the courts dismissed the petition. Then a second public health group called the NAS Foundation, which was very large and very active in working with gay men in Delhi on HIV AIDS prevention and other health related issues came with their own petition. And then that petition wound through the court. In 2009, the Delhi High Court actually ruled that Section 377 was indeed unconstitutional. The Delhi High Court, what they did, it was called, they read down the act and they said, whatever the past judicial precedent was, this clause could no longer be used to prosecute people who were engaging in gay sex 
voluntarily with mutual consent. So that was essentially seen as the kind of the decriminalization of homosexuality. And it was a big, important victory. And there was great celebration. And that really encouraged members of the gay community to come out of the closet, people who had been living in hiding all their lives, never wanting to show themselves publicly, like with partners or maybe with parents or with neighborhoods. People really came out and felt empowered to come out for the first time. There was a very big gay pride march that year it wasn't the first gay pride march in delhi but the numbers like swelled up as people suddenly felt that they could come out of the shadows but then religious groups filed a supreme court appeal saying this is not our tradition this is not indian culture and they went to court to try to seek the overturning of this delhi high court ruling in 2013 a two-judge bench of the Supreme Court in a terrible blow to the gay community reversed the ruling and reinstated the ban, the prohibition, the criminalization of gay sex. So then liberal activists, gay activists decided that they were not going to take this lying down. So in the past, all these petitions challenging Section 377 had been filed by NGOs on the grounds of public health and on the grounds of gays who weren't really present in the court. So after the Supreme Court recriminalized homosexuality, a group of high-profile public figures who happened to be gay actually filed the first petitions to the Supreme Court saying, I am gay, and this ban, Section 377, is an infringement of my fundamental rights. And they challenged it, and they stood up as gays and lesbians and said, this affects us. You said, who are the gays? We've never seen them. I don't know any minuscule minority. We are gay Indians, and we are coming before you in front of this court to demand our fundamental constitutional rights to freedom, liberty, equality, and dignity. It is in response to these petitions that a special five-judge bench of the Supreme Court finally struck down 377 as it applies to two consenting adults. And now the judges in their latest ruling made some interesting comments about the need to strike down Article 377. Tell us what they said. So in their judgment, the judges were very keen to correct what they felt was a wrong ruling of what the Supreme Court had done in 2013. They emphasized the point that no matter how small a minority may be, they are entitled to the same fundamental rights that any Indian is entitled to under the Constitution. They also emphasize the very progressive nature of the Constitution. India remains a very conservative and traditional society, and many people, even if they don't have strong feelings about it, may be disapproving of the idea of homosexuality. And the court was very, very clear that the rights of individuals, of minorities, none of them could be taken away or infringed just because that the majority of society disapproved. And they emphasized the, the, the kind of generous and sweeping nature of the Constitution in protecting individual liberties and freedoms. So it was a very, very broad and generous ruling which emphasized that the need to get rid of this law wasn't just about any one physical act, but it was about allowing the members of the 
LGBT community to live with their head held high with the same equal protection that any Indian enjoys under the Constitution. So it was a ruling that really made the community incredibly happy. The ruling is obviously a major victory for the LGBT community. But does it go far enough to legalize same-sex relationships? So this was a first big step, decriminalizing homosexuality. It isn't illegal for two people to live together, a gay couple or a lesbian couple. However, there is no official state recognition of their relationship. So that is the next big phase of the struggle, I think, for the gay community. People will, after things have settled down, start turning towards the idea of trying to claim recognition for gay marriage. And why is that important? So let's say I'm your long-term partner and I have health insurance. And if I had a heterosexual spouse, I could put you on my health insurance. But if you're my gay long-term committed partner, I can't put you on my health insurance. If you're in the hospital, I can't have any authority over medical decision-making. So it is not illegal to be in a gay relationship now, but you wouldn't have any privileges or official recognition of your relationship. And I think that is very much the next step. I think there are people that intend to certainly fight for that. I think in companies, they will fight for the right to have company benefits extended to their long-term partners. But there will be resistance. And the parent organization of Prime Minister Narendra Modi's ruling party already came out with a statement saying, okay, we also don't think gay people should be criminalized. They shouldn't be criminals. But at the same time these relationships are unnatural and they shouldn't be formally recognized by Indian society so I think that is really the kind of the next big stage from criminalization to full equal civil rights looks like the clash over the civil rights for India's same-sex couples is set to continue and we'll keep tracking the developments that was Jotsna Singh talking to our South Asia bureau chief Amy Kasman Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with more news. But in the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, please take a look at our latest subscription offers at ft.com forward slash offer. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.